And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords. And Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. It's the end of another busy week. <laughs> Happy beginning Friday. Beginning of the end, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Big plans over the weekend? Uh, more work, unfortunately for me. I've got a few other deadlines for some other gigs, but... Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Life of a freelancer. If you guys thought that we were somehow in control of our own schedules, no, think think twice. No, no, we're always we're always uh, at the mercy of uh, clients, our employers. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, let's talk business. Our first keyword of the day: business longevity. So President Yun has urged leaders of large companies to focus more on long-term cooperation and growth with partner companies rather than short-term gains. Of course, the idea that the president proposes is, is a framework and everyone has to get busy to realize that. But it's about the bottom line. You're saying it's all right if you don't profit so much now. Um, think of the long-term goals. But maybe we should yeah. give the backdrop of what this event was all about. Right. Well, uh, he was speaking during an event uh, uh, roughly translated to Snowflake Companion Festival. So it had a Christmassy theme, but also an economic theme at the same time as well. It's being held at the Tongdemun uh, Design Plaza, or DDP. He added that the government will guide and lead in various ways to, uh, through institutions and policies. And he noted that his economic diplomacy around the world was not only... Uh, for large companies, but to expand the market for SMEs and young startups as well. And this event is where a lot of these young startups and SMEs uh, showcase their products. Uh, he emphasized that his attendance at the event uh, aimed to clearly communicate that the fundamental direction of the government's policies is focused on these groups. Now, after the opening ceremony, uh, Yoon toured booths set up by small business uh, owners and self-employed in individuals. Uh, the event, running until the 31st, so the end of the month, is a collaborative effort between the government, local authorities, as well as distributors and regional businesses to explore new markets and increase sales uh, for SMEs. Mm. It's also a venue where small businesses can show off and promote and sell uh, their products. So um, if you are in Korea and nearby Dongdaemun, then it's uh, mm. a good place to check out as well. See what's up and coming from these up and coming companies. And mm. um you talk you talked about a kind of an underlying background into this there's mm. often been criticism in korea where large companies tend to bully their kind of small account uh, account or partners mm. and um because they have the power uh, to do so right? they have the power economies of scale or whatnot so in terms of partnerships there's often an unfair relationship between them and in terms of industry industry competition of course there's an unfair advantage some critics say uh, when it comes to big and smaller companies. Of course, when we talk about big companies in Korea, they are huge in scale. Conglomerates. Um, right. Conglomerates. And of course, these SMEs trying to break into the field uh, have to go against the, it's a very David and Goliath kind of battle. <laughs> so um, yeah, it can be tough. So I think uh, it's a, a thinly veiled kind of message from President right. Yoon as well, right. presumably in terms of that regard. So um, yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, what kind of policies come out from uh, Yoon's speech at this event? I think we're a little bit more careful of the wording because it's too easy to sort of create this image of the big guy, the Goliath being the villain. And to a certain extent, mm. in some cases, that may be true. They have the resources, the authority, the power, the influence to wield uh, the upper mm. hand, if you will. But 
the nature of the free market is this. So uh, maybe the president's interruption, a slight one, <laughs> is yeah. a fresh reminder that there is also a way to address that imbalance from time to time. Yeah, but there's also there's also the uh, side of where small companies want to partner with big companies mm. as well. It's just how that relationship forms mm. uh, is the key thing. Yeah. It does happen, and sometimes it's a beautiful relationship. So we'll wait and see. The president has spoken. Listen up, conglomerates. Listen. <laughs> Turning our attention to the president's upcoming trip to the Netherlands. This is our second keyword of the day. Ship cooperation. So the president will make a five-day visit to the Netherlands next week, focus on what he calls building a chip alliance with the nation. It seems important considering ASML headquarters there is a world's leading chip equipment maker. What can we expect of this trip? Yes, yeah, so it is the last overseas trip, actually, of the year by President Yoon. It will run from Monday to Thursday at the invitation of Dutch King Willem Alexander, uh, strengthening semiconductor cooperation and deepening the country's strategic partnership are also high on the agenda. At the top of it says the trip aims to combine Dutch cutting-edge uh, equipment with Korea's cutting-edge manufacturing capabilities to uh, maximize their complementary nature in the semiconductor value chain. Now, after meeting with Koreans living in uh, Amsterdam on Monday, Yoon will begin his official schedule um, on Tuesday with a welcome ceremony, a private luncheon with the king and his wife, uh, Queen Maxima. Um, Yoon will also lay a wreath at a uh, national monument in Dam Square and have a state dinner at the Royal Palace in Amsterdam on Tuesday afternoon. Yoon is scheduled to make a trip to the ASML's global headquarters in Veldhoven Vel uh, and tour the company's facilities He'll be accompanied by the King, as well as Samsung Electronics uh, Vice Chairman uh, Lee Jae-yong and SK Chairman Che uh, Wan. Uh, now, the Dutch multinational uh, provides advanced chip manufacturing equipment to Korea's uh, biggest chip makers. And mm. apparently, uh, what they produce for the chip makers, the Korean chip makers can't do without. So it's a very important uh, partnership in that regard. Um, and the presidential office uh, said it would actually be the first time the company will reveal uh, its facilities to a foreign leader. So there's another significant milestone there. Uh, on Wednesday, you will uh, visit The Hague to visit the Dutch Parliament. He'll also hold a bilateral summit with Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte, and the Prime Minister will also hold, host uh, a business luncheon as well. And Yoon will also participate in a plethora of economic and cultural events, uh, including a business forum uh, and a meeting with Dutch veterans of the Korean War. Um, the two countries during Yoon's trip are expected to establish a semiconductor dialogue channel. The, uh, they'll also sign several MOUs uh, and joint projects uh, as well. And he'll also become the first Korean uh, president to pay a visit to the European nations since they actually established diplomatic ties in 1961. And um, they also hope to upgrade their strategic partnership to the next level uh, in the fields of diplomacy and economic security um, mm -hmm. as well. So it's the last trip uh, by Yoon of the year and he's going out with a big bang. All will, right. With a, a lot of deals and business uh, cooperation being done. Mm. Befitting of being a Korea's number one salesman. Let's move on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to our third keyword of the day. Freeway talks. 
So Industry Minister Pang Mun has downplayed concerns of export suspension of urea from China. He says the government will push to provide financial support to companies who need to buy the chemical compound from exporters other than China. There's a reason why, despite the disruption months and months ago, companies went back to relying on China's urea. It was the cheapest in the market, but there are other countries that produce and export too. That's right. So China isn't the only supplier, but mm-hmm. it was heavily reliant uh, for Korea because, um, of course, they're cheaper. So mm-hmm. there's a kind of a price incentive there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, Pang is basically saying that the government will basically offload that kind of price uh, difficulties or difference, if you will, uh, to try and get the supply from elsewhere. Um, and he said this is part of efforts to prevent a short uh, supply shortage and ensure a longer term a stable supply. Now, he noted that Korea does have enough supplies of uh, urea or uh, let's just call it diesel exhaust fluid because I think the rest <laughs> of the world calls it that and that the country <laughs> can buy them uh, from third nations. Um, he stressed that recent uh, halts uh, is unlikely to become a major challenge for Korea. He noted that Korea has an inventory of DEF that can last 3.7 months at the moment and he added that shipments from nations other than China are 10% more expensive. So he stressed the government needs to set up a system, basically, that supports uh, uh, corporate imports of a certain minimum amount of urea or DEF in emergency situations to prevent any recurrence of the crisis that happened uh, from two years ago. So basically, Mm -hmm. um, we've experienced it and learned, hopefully, from it, and we can establish uh, countermeasures. Now, the government estimates that additional costs uh, for importing industrial elements uh, from a third country excluding China amounts to about 26 billion won annually and plans to discuss specific support measures with companies. Now, the government yesterday came up with a set of measures to, in response to uh, the export restrictions, such as doubling the state inventory of uh, GEF for diesel vehicles and releasing the current government reserves. It also vowed to consider giving subsidies to companies that seek to diversify supply channels um, of urea as well. Now, it also plans to provide some 2,000 tonnes of reserves with companies experiencing tight supplies. Mm. Uh, The government also called on gas stations and distributors uh, of DEF to set a purchase limit to prevent panic buying while vowing to have active consultations with China uh, to resolve the issue. So uh, the government is in consultation with domestic um, DEF producers to boost inventories and is expected to sign a contract as early as next week. Uh, meanwhile, it has also been confirmed that China is also controlling the export of ammonium phosphate, which is a raw material for chemical fertilizers, mm. um, along with other industrial uh, materials as well. Graphite is another one that's mm. being reportedly restricted. Uh, that's another key material for a host of products. So. Uh, there's been reports saying that it's because of domestic supply and demand. China's trying to get a grip on that rather right. than kind of any political kind of tensions with any other countries. But uh, whether that is kind of a hidden reason, no one knows. But mm. um, yeah, for the moment, uh, it doesn't seem in terms of the diesel exhaust fluid anyway, that uh, it's a major concern mm. Korea at the moment. All right, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Wealth gap. So recent data also shows that last year, the average household income increase and income inequality improved ever so slightly. Can you tell us the details? Yeah, we do need to take this with a bit of grain of salt, Mm. because as always, when it comes to these kind of economic data, statistics, numbers, uh, it 
it depends on how you interpret them, basically, sure. and uh, from what time span to which demographic. There's a host of ways of interpreting uh, this data. Uh, now, but uh, from the data that was uh, reported in this report uh, jointly by the Bank of Korea, Statistics Korea, and the uh, Financial Supervisory Service, the proportion of households with an income exceeding 100 million won uh, has reached 20% for the first time. The Average income, uh, household income in Korea in 2022 was 6.76 uh, million won, an increase of about 4.5% from the 6.47 million won in 2021. The median income, which corresponds to the middle class, basically, was 5.36 million won. That's an increase of just over 5%. Uh, the income of the lowest 20% increased by 6% to 13.4 uh, million won. That's... Um, uh, annually speaking, while the income of the highest 20% uh, increased by 7.8% uh, to 77.22 million one. Now, the Gini coefficient, which is a measure of income uh, inequality, also declined last year, reaching a record low of 0 0.3.24. This represents a decrease of 0 0.005 points from the previous year and the lowest level since uh, statistics began to be compiled. Now, this indicates basically that the income gap between the richest and poorest households did narrow ever so slightly. Uh, this improvement was attributed to the kind of faster income growth of the lowest 20% compared to the highest 20%. Uh, this was attributed to the expiration of the nationwide COVID-19 support mm. payments in 2022, which had significantly boosted the incomes of lower income households in the previous year. Um, uh, however, the relative uh, poverty rate, which measures the percentage of the population whose disposable income falls below half of the median income, worsened last year. The rate increased by 0.1 percentage points. Uh, to just under 15%, marking the first increase since 2016. The government vowed, to, meanwhile, to uh, continue to work towards improving income distribution and social safety nets to ensure that the positive trend in income inequality does um, continue. So we'll have to see if this is just a temporary narrowing of that mm. gap uh, or if it is uh, a continuing trend, but um, the gap is still quite large nonetheless. Mm -hmm. It's just a narrowing ever, ever so slightly of it. Mm. Uh, and because of those uh, COVID-19 support payments, they've been uh, a temporary measure as well. So does right. that subsequently mean a temporary solution and a, just a small bump uh, in what is actually a downward trend? We'll have to see. All right. With that, we move on to our final keyword of the day. China-EU meeting. A busy news cycle, I must say. Uh, China and the European Union leaders have met in Beijing to discuss solutions to trade uh, tensions. Uh, EU leaders are pressing Xi Jinping on Russia and trade. Those are the two main big topics. But it seems that the sit-down sort of highlighted major differences more than anything else. Right. So this is the first person uh, in person China-EU summit of four years. Uh, and Chinese President Xi Jinping basically warned top officials, uh, EU officials, that uh, the two sides should not view each other as rivals or engage in confrontation due to their different political systems. And they said they should rather uh, cooperate in key economic and trades partnerships and to cooperate on science and technology, including AI. Uh, and he urged the EU to eliminate all kinds of interference in the bilateral relationship. Um, this was kind of uh, a veiled reference to mm -hmm. EU restrictions uh, on the export of advanced technologies to China, as well as investigations into Chinese EVs for subsidies. Uh, now, the 
Uh, basically, both sides are saying that uh, we do need or they do need to um, improve relations between the two sides. But uh, thinly veiled warnings are kind of you can still sense a bit of tension between them. But they uh, basically say we need uh, we can cooperate if these uh, areas or hurdles or tensions are removed, mm -hmm. basically. And uh, meanwhile, Italy has uh, made it a bit tough because it's informed officially China that it is pulling out of the Belt and Road Initiative. So mm -hmm. they do have differences. They say, let's work out these differences. But of mm -hmm. course, a lot of hurdles still remain. I mean, no issue has frustrated European officials more than Beijing's refusal to curtail its support to Moscow. And it seems that China can't give up on that. It's an important ally in addressing U.S.-China tensions. So we'll wait and see. Uh, but we've run out of time. So how, As always. How about an abrupt closure? Thank you so much, Adam. Have a great weekend. <laughs> You're very welcome. Have a brilliant weekend. See you next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.